This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, it's Dr. A. Steve Alexander here on June 27th for another edition of the Round Ball Stew. This is the, what I'm gonna call displaced edition of the stew. As first of all, Matt Straup is not here, which is which is kind of weird. He's on vacation. Then you've got me, I'm here, but I'm not in my usual location. And then Jared, Jay the Truth is here. He is also not in his usual location. Jared, what's happening? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm here. Don't have my usual setup, but you know, we'll uh, get through this. Yeah, we don't have ring lights. Uh, I don't have headphones. <laughs> so yeah, we're just we're just all all out of sorts. But unlike last time, I was in this location. There's not a gentleman sitting right outside that window working on the gutters and the roof. So maybe I won't be quite as distracted as I was last time. Jared, what's your, uh, I don't know if you've done a podcast since the NBA draft. I have not. I haven't. Anything exciting from the draft that you remember? Anything that stood out? Any any big thoughts? Uh, I feel like right now, before like Summer League and before I have to make declarative statements, I like way too many of these rookies. Like, I like to pick one to three, but I really like every single guy that went inside the top five. They're all really exciting players. I was kind of, it was funny because I was doing those draft breakdown, those instant reaction videos. I don't know if you saw any of those, but I had it planned. You know, usually we know picks one through three. That's usually pretty obvious, like as when we're on draft day. But then Paolo, uh, Paolo Bencaro goes, number one overall and the script I had ready I had just had to like rewrite everything the only one I had was Chet and then uh Jabari Smith you know because Raphael Zach they had Jabari Smith as number one in all their mocks ESPN had Chet number one and then it was Paolo in the end so who am I most excited about I think Chet because of his ridiculous shot blocking ability. I don't care that he's skinny. I don't, I think that that's way overblown. You know, Chris Boucher is skinny too. Uh, Kevin Durant was skinny. I don't, Tayshawn <laughs> Prince was skinny. Like it's not a, it's not a big deal. So he's probably the one that sticks out to me the most just because of his situation, like going into OKC, going into a team that absolutely needs a big man. Um, I just feel like he's walking into minutes right away. I, I like the number one pick less because of what we've said about Orlando and all the stuff they have going on. So Paolo, I think he's a great player. I don't know if I want to be drafting him if if Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba might return and all that stuff going on. So he's a And that guy, that that guy we hardly ever mentioned. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And the mystery the so, mystery man. Yeah, the that one, the French player, right? Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac. And but I do really like Jabari Smith because this is kind of a situation where 
Uh, similarly with like Lamelo Ball, uh, in that draft, a lot of people thought that he would go number one overall, and he ended up sliding to number three. Jabari Smith is an incredibly, incredibly talented player, and they Houston basically traded away Christian Wood to make room for whoever was coming in. I thought I think they thought it might have been Paolo, but they got Jabari Smith, who who was projected to go even higher. So watching him run the pick and roll with Jalen Green, I think is going to be very, very fun. And he's stepping into a team that needs his offense right away. I could keep going, but I'll let you jump in. Oh, no, you're, you're good. The, the, the funny thing is somebody the other day said the Rockets, the Rockets are fun. And I was like, man, the Rockets have not been fun. The Rockets have been frustrating <laughs> for years. But, but now, I mean, they really are on the verge of being very fun. We're hopefully we get to see Alper and Shangoon play now. Yeah. Like you said, Jabari Smith and Jalen running together and Kevin Porter Jr. Like there's a lot, there are going to be some good must see TV, I think coming up yeah. this season. Now back to your point about, you know, ESPN had Chet number one, literally every mock draft I looked at had Jabari Smith going number one. Like, I, I, yeah. I may have seen yeah. one that had Chet, but how, I mean, I was shocked that Paolo went number one. And it was funny because we did a podcast, I think the day before the draft, maybe even the, no, I think it was the day before. And Vaughn was like, oh, you're not buying the Paolo hype that Paolo suddenly <laughs> jump from three to one and, and be the number one pick. And we all kind of laughed about it. Because I don't think really anybody saw that coming. So that was no. that was pretty shocking. I'm kind of fired up like you about the Chet Holmgren pick, mainly because OKC is just such a fascinating bastion for young superstar basketball players. And then next year, Jared, of course, they're going to draft Victor Wem, Wembanyama. And <laughs> you're ahead of me on that one. Yeah, that's the guy. That, <laughs> see that? That's why OKC is going to tank again this season to make sure they get Victor Wembanyama next season because he's the guy. This is the guy that they want. And and then also last night I was watching my kid play 2K and he drew Chet Holmgren, you know, 99 rookie card or something. He he. I don't really fully understand it, but he was very excited about it and was able to sell that card for a ton of money. And that got me even more fired up about Chet. But if they get if they get this Wimbanyana kid next year, the Thunder are just going to be stupid good. So pretty, yeah, pretty fun draft, I thought. Definitely. And then the next two picks, I, I really like these guys too. Keegan Murray, he's just this guy that can do everything. I was really glad that the Kings didn't mess this up and go with Ivy, who I also really like. But 23.5 points, 8.7 boards, 1.5 assists, 1.9 triples, 1.3 steals, 1.9 swats, 55.4% shooting uh, during his one or sophomore year in Iowa. I just love the, that type of skill set. And I kind of feel like he can walk onto this Sacramento team and get minutes right away. I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to how Mike Brown handles him, but that's another guy who I, I am super excited about and I'm going to be watching very closely through training camp and, and summer league to see how he fits into this team. Sounds like uh, it sounds like Murray could, you could be an early 
hype train Murray guy. Like I could see you drafting Murray in a bunch. Of <laughs> I love him. I mean, you gotta love that stat set. He's bringing a little bit of everything there. And then the next pick, Jaden Ivy in Detroit. Man, that kid, that kid, that kid seems so special. And I was so glad that he didn't wind up in in just like this terrible timeshare in Sacramento with way too many guards. And you know, Detroit does have a lot of guards, but I kind of feel like, well, maybe Dwayne Casey will start Corey Joseph still. But the opportunity is there. Is Detroit becoming fun, Jared? Or like, are they? Are kind they there? Of, kind of. I mean, Cade's fun, and Jade. I, I the idea of a Cade Jaden Ivy backcourt. I love that. You know, Jaden Ivy's more of a score first guard, and and Cade has no problem passing. And because Cade's so big, you can play him alongside each other. It's not too much of an issue. And it, it's kind of acknowledging that Kalane might not ever really be a guy who can be a starter just because of his broken jumper. But yeah, I'm very excited to see how this. Detroit team looks this upcoming season. And Jeremy Grant is gone, right? Yeah. So yeah. that opens up so much offense. So the so the starting lineup, potential starting lineup for that team is Cade, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, your and my favorite player, Marvin Bagley, the third, and Isaiah Stewart. Beef Stew is really gonna have to make it happen this year to be the complement that those those uh those wings need. But Man, that Cunningham Ivy Bay. Although you and I have, yeah. some, you and I have some Bay history. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's that's a nice young nucleus, and, and maybe Detroit's finally, maybe the re- rebuild is almost over. Yeah, yeah, they're getting close at least. All right, that does it for the that does it for the the draft recap. Let's let's move on to the important thing, and that's Kyrie <laughs> Irving. Man, the Kyrie Irving blurbs are happening at a very high rate of speed right now. You see the one this morning? Yeah. I yeah. love the headline. <laughs> what is the headline? It's Nets will allow Kyrie Irving to find a sign and trade. <laughs> so they're like, all right, Kyrie, you, you do this. We'll, we'll get rid of you. <laughs> this is on you. <laughs> you, go, you go do the work and find someone to take you on, and we will. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the teams supposedly that he will agree to go to are the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Dallas Mavericks, my Dallas Mavericks, and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So like, if you if you follow the news, there's a new Kyrie blurb, like usually one in the morning, one in the afternoon, something like that. The, the latest is they're going to allow him to go find his own sign-and-trade. There's a good chance. I mean, the other thing, there's a lot of dominoes that fall if Kyrie doesn't come back, right? Because because Durant's probably not coming back if Kyrie goes. And so now teams have been told to be on high alert that Kevin Durant may be available in a trade in the next seven days, and you need to prep for that. Yeah. I don't know where he would go. Like, that would be so lame if he like came to this Brooklyn team and, and had them form the guys he wanted and then just fails. But, you know, I listened to the podcast where he talked about Kyrie and he just said basically that he's not going to get into like the financials of another man's life. He's going to let him make his own decisions. I don't know. It's weird. Like Katie is kind of, I feel like a major reason why Brooklyn 
stuck with Kyrie uh, instead of James. And I just like, yeah, he wants to go to these places. Do any of those places actually want Kyrie Irving? Like, I think that's a legitimate question to ask. And I think all those places want the basketball player, Kyrie Irving, the one that is out yeah. there on the court producing every night because see, that is a great, great basketball player. But the the stuff that the baggage that Kyrie brings with him, you know, a lot of GMs may not want to deal with that. Right. And, and then the other the other part of this whole thing that I can't stop thinking about is what happens to to my man Ben Simmons. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there, like, wait, where'd everybody? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> what, what happened? What did I do? Wouldn't that be hilarious <laughs> if it's that Ben Simmons team, Katie and Kyrie leave before he gets to play a game? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. If you got a decent return for Kyrie, which might be a stretch, and you put that a a, a nice a lot of depth around uh, KD and and Ben, that could kind of work. But I don't know. There's a lot of moving pieces here. There's a lot, and I you know I'm st- we still haven't seen Ben Simmons in right. a long long time since that last game against the Hawks in the playoffs before last, and so I and. It, Let's say that let's say that Kyrie somehow pulls off a deal and, and goes to the Knicks or the Heat or something, and then Kyrie and then KD's like I'm out of here, and then Ben Simmons, if it's Ben Simmons, the focal point of that team, will we see him play early this season? Man, I just I just don't know. This is a fascinating soap opera that should be on daytime TV. If he could be the focal point of that team, like if both the superstars left, you have to like his fantasy potential, assuming that he's like on the court. <laughs> this is another player who we don't know when will be on the court. But. Well, and I, I mean, can he handle being the alpha dog number one option on an NBA team? I don't know. I don't know if he can, if he, you know, can do it. So right. anyway, that is something to keep an eye on. We've, we've had the summer of LeBron. Well, we've had a few summers of LeBron's. We've had a, we we've had a summer of KD. Now, this may be the summer of Kyrie. So <laughs> I expect us to be blurbing a lot about Kyrie Irving in the coming days because it's not going to stop until something happens. So speaking of players that we haven't seen forever, what do you make of a John Wall buyout like can John Wall still play basketball can John Wall still contribute in the NBA I mean honestly Jared I cannot remember the last time I saw him play I can't either Uh, and I don't I mean he's he's 31 he's not necessarily washed but man it's just like he has been out for so like he he got paid 47 million to not play last year. And that's the, that's the crazy thing with the with the buyout information like Houston is going to be paying him a very long time if they do do this buyout. But fine. Let's say that they do it. I think if he lands in the right situation, I mean, like would he realistically be would you be able to get him outside the top 100 because I wouldn't want him inside the top 100, but I'd take a chance at the end but he kind of still has the name recognition where people might get a little too excited and start reaching, especially 
if we find ourselves in a situation where he does get a buyout and he finds himself in a situation where, I don't know, there's so many ifs here. I'm not super confident. How do you feel about Mr. John, uh, he, Mr. John Wall? He wasn't really all that great last time we saw him play. Like, turnovers are high. Free throws aren't great, as I recall. I haven't even really gone back and st- studied the numbers because I'm not drafting John Wall. I'm just – if he's sitting there in round 12 or 13 and I need a guard, yeah, I, I would take a flyer on him, fully expecting to be able to cut him at some point. Um if somebody gets excited about the name John Wall in 2022 and wants to take him in round eight, they can have him. That just leaves yeah. more, more rookies for you and I. Um, and I'm not even a big rookies guy usually, but eighth round, I'll take I'll take somebody. But I don't know, man. I just can't. First, first of all, he's got to get he's got to uh, be bought out, right? And then then he needs to find right. a team to play for. Then he needs to make sure he makes that rotation in that starting five. So there's a long way to go, even given his name. So I, who knows right. what, what his role is going to be. All I know is, regardless of what his role is, I'm not drafting John Wall. I mean, let's say he did get a buyout and decide to sign like a minimum kind of level deal with the contender. Is he even a starter in that situation? Like, I don't know, because the Rockets didn't let him get on the court. <laughs> so. I don't know. Uh, I think it would be hilarious if he wound up on the Lakers, though. That's that's what I'm rooting for. Less well, and he reminds me a little bit of Russell Westbrook, just in the situation he's in. Like Westbrook should probably not be starting for NBA teams at this point. Like he's more. I agree with that. On the second unit, give him the ball and let him do his thing, guy. Yeah. At this stage, and I think that's where John Wall is going to be. But you know, hell, we haven't seen John Wall, Jared. He could weigh like. He can weigh like 290 pounds. Like, I don't even know. Who knows? Okay, well, I, I think the, the bottom line is here. We're probably not messing with John Wall, regardless of where he yeah. is. What about your guy, Malcolm Brogdon? Indiana guy. <laughs> run Being run out of Indiana, I think everybody is ready for the Tyrese Halliburton show there. Get Malcolm Brogdon out of the way. Guys always hurt. It seems like supposedly the Knicks and the Wizards are the the number one and two potential spots mm. for him to end up. Any thoughts about that? I mean, I like Brogdon's stat set, but I don't think I can draft a guy who's as injured as much as he is. It's just, it's way too risky. This is another player where, I mean, maybe if he fell, because he is capable of putting out mid-round value and, you know, if he if he was in somewhere like Washington, that that opens up a starting role for him. But he played in 36 games last year. He played in 50. Here's his games. 54, 2019, 2020, 56. Last year, 36. You can't spend a mid-round pick on someone like that. You can't. You can't do it. And it's interesting that the Knicks are involved here because everything – Every time you read about the Knicks right now, it's, oh, they're clearing money. They're going to trade Cam Reddish to sign Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's going to the Knicks, yada, yada, yada. I think Jalen Brunson wants to stay in Dallas, as far as I can tell. And I, I kind of feel like he will, but I think if the Knicks could get a hold of Jalen Brunson, they would really 
have a potential all-star on their hands. And I, if I'm the Knicks, I would much rather have Jalen Brunson than Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, mainly yeah. because, like you said, Brogdon can't stay on the floor. He's always hurt. And then the Wizards, it sounds like – I guess we can talk about Brad Beal right here too because we're talking about the Wizards. Bradley Beal is supposedly going to uh, stay with the Wizards and, and opt in and then sign a long-term deal with them, which I don't know that I like that. I feel like maybe – Bradley Beal could use a change of scenery and some different teammates. Thoughts on that? Huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Last year was just so weird for Beal with, with how poorly he shot as like one of the league's elite shooters. And he was just off the whole year. I don't know if it was like he was really hurt and that was affecting him. Um, but this is a player that I do feel like because of last year, maybe comes at a reasonable discount. Like if you can, if I could get Bradley Beal in the third or fourth round, I wouldn't hesitate. Now in the second, I don't, I don't think I'm interested, which is where he traditionally used to go. But I, I'm not going to write him off. I think he could have a bounce back year. I think last year, hopefully, was just a a bad year for him. Yeah, and I think. Um... You know, Brogdon getting out of Indiana might be good for him. I think a Brogdon-Beal backcourt in Washington would be enticing. But, you know, Brad Beal's had his own share of injury issues, leg issues, and whatnot. So I don't know. I don't know how well that works either. It's all just a little bit scary. I think... you know, nothing really scares me more, Jared, than injuries in, in fantasy sports. Like injuries, I think, is the most underrated category because if your guy is not playing, you're not going to win. Right. Right. You're you're actually pretty ruthless with injuries, too. You will cut a dude. <laughs> like, I, I That's that's probably my weakness is I, I have too much faith, some, faith sometimes. Like... I think last last this past season, I think you probably cut MPJ and uh, one of your other high picks pretty quickly, and you still just rode first place all year long. So and I, I and my important. my big one was Kyle Lowry when nobody really knew what, oh, yeah. was, what the issue was or when he was coming back. Like he could have come back the next day, and I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm just cutting him. <laughs> But yeah, with MPJ, as soon as he went down, I knew that that was bad. I, I I don't have, I can't sit on a guy unless I've got an injured, you know, injured list spot to put somebody in. I I cannot sit on a guy for two months and and have that yeah. empty uh, empty production hole just sitting there. So, all right, well, let's take a quick break, real quick, and let me read this promo. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play. And you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour and the NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesday and Thursday called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. Uh, Jared, speaking of NASCAR, um, you know, I'm at my I'm at my son's house in Florida. He's, of course, a streamer of television. He does not have cable or satellite or anything. So. The NASCAR race yesterday, Matt knows this well. I, I run a NASCAR pool in at home. And uh, so I'm always like trying to keep an eye on what's going on in NASCAR. Well, there was like a four-hour rain delay. I thought they were just going to bag the whole thing. And then I'm sitting here last night at like 1 o'clock in the morning. I see, see that Chase Elliott, hometown hero from where I live, won the race. I had four drivers in that race. They finished first, second, third, and fifth. I took home all the money, Jared. You got first, second, third, and fifth? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, impressive. I, I was not messing around with this NASCAR <laughs> race this week. I torched that thing. So, yeah, I was, I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> the Braves, however, lost in extra innings, so that was disappointing. Let's talk about Jamal Murray. Speaking of guys we haven't seen play basketball in eons. Sounds like he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season, right? And what? Yeah, I don't. That's nice to me. I, I. It sounds to me like he's probably he's iffy for the start of the season. Let's let's call it that. Now, the thing about Jamal Murray, Denver Nuggets starting point guard, is he was such a staple of durability throughout his career until this this major injury finally finally took him down. What are your thoughts on on drafting? Jamal Murray, are you are you still looking digging for that blurb about he may or may not be ready? I I was. I mean, all of our blurbs are just like tempered temper excitement. Malone calls for patience regarding Murray. Murray's status for playoffs up to him. I don't know. I I mean, it, it's an ACL tear. That's not the end of the world. This is an injury that guys come back from, and it's been a whole. He took the whole season off. Um, I would be surprised if he wasn't ready for camp. Maybe that's some smoke screens going up. I don't know. But if he comes to camp ready, well, let's say it this way. If he doesn't come to camp ready, that would make me incredibly concerned because he's had more than enough time to get to recover from this injury, which again, it, it's not the, it's a, it's a significant injury, but players have this all the time and come back. Zach Levine was one of them. So I, I think this is another player who who could be an awesome discount buy on on draft day, just because people are going to kind of forget about him. 
Yeah, I think it's we're uh, it's all going to depend on what what happens with the news between now and camp, and and is he ready? Is he not ready? How's he look? All all those things are going to play into it. I think if if everything is going well and he looks as good as he is supposed to look, then I'm gonna I'm gonna take a flyer on Murray. I don't know what fourth fifth round. Are you? Yeah, are that you feels about right. Yeah, right. Fourth, fourth, fifth, yeah. And maybe you could get him in the sixth. I don't think he would fall further than that if he's healthy. But that's a that's a third round player you can get right there. So I, I love him. I love him. Now, someone I did not tell you we were gonna talk about also plays for the Denver Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. was not ruling out a return for the first round of the playoffs. Which yeah. to me means he should be good to go for this season. And, you know, probably the player I get heckled the most about wherever, social media or whatever, is is probably Michael Porter Jr. Because I'll make some comment about, oh, well, don't draft that guy because he's always hurt. And then somebody will come back and be like, well, you, what about Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. and you? Like, he, he never plays. Where are you on Michael Porter Jr., a healthy Michael Porter Jr.? Where do you stand? I love him. I think that this is post-hype all-star potential. Like, we all thought he was taking this leap this this past season, and he didn't because his back was messed up and he wasn't able to play through it. But, you know, this is an incredibly talented player, incredibly, incredibly talented. Could have gone number one in the draft. Back issues are why he fell. So if he just is able to be healthy, you know, he's had a lot of time to recover from that back surgery. We all know, like, I don't think anyone was really questioning taking him as high as the second round this past season. Now, there's no way he's going to go that high this next season. So that's a guy who's capable of top 20 numbers who you're going to likely be able to get at a discount. So I'm fully on board. I, I love these discount players. I'm not worried about him always being injured or whatnot. I think that he'll be fine next year. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if your statement is there's no way he's going to be taken in the second round is accurate because I could see me doing it. Um, <laughs> I, I love that guy. And like you said, the injury was one thing, but had that not happened, he, he was going to blow up and, and explode. Yeah. And like, there's, uh, there's really almost no doubt about it. The only thing holding him back is the back injury. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe third round he'll, he'll be sitting there, but I think if you're in leagues with me, he's probably not getting, getting past like <laughs> pick 30. Um, and yeah, that's bullish and, and may not be the smartest thing I've ever done, but Michael Porter Jr. is still very young and, you know, he's a freak. And if yeah, if you get a chance to get him and he he plays seventy games, you're you're gonna win your league. So, uh, yeah, that's where I am with MPJ. And we'll have to see we'll have to see how both those both those Nuggets look in training camp. Speaking of Nuggets, there's a third one. I just thought this was cool. Facundo Campazo. Facundo Campazo. Facundo Campazo. He said it's his first, second, and third priority to stay in the NBA. Like. He just wants to stay in the NBA. He wants to be over. He does not want to go back to Europe right now. He's like, eventually, I know that's coming for sure, but 
I'm not done over here yet. So it doesn't sound like he's probably going to be a nugget this year. Do you think Facundo can stick with another NBA team this year? I think, yeah, I mean, he's a solid backup point guard. I mean, he's a little bit undersized, but his playmaking is really awesome. Yeah, I think that he could find it. Is he going to be a fantasy player? Uh, it would take injuries for that to happen. But I really like him. I like watching him play. I do too. I hope he makes it. I hope he. I hope he sticks around because he's uh, he's fun to watch. We're about done here, but let's talk uh, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges of the Hornets was off to a crazy start last season. Kind of blew it up for the first half. Quieted down a little bit in the second half. Then he got mad and threw his mouthpiece and hit a little girl in the in the head with it. <laughs> but he was forgiven. So it sounds like he's either going to be back in Charlotte or they're talking about the Pacers and the Pistons coming after him really hard. Both of which are intriguing to me. We already talked about the Pistons having this young nucleus. If they could just get a big man or, you know, a solid power forward like Miles Bridges, that would be scary. And then the Pacers are also being very aggressive, um, trying to improve their team. Do you have any thoughts on where where you see Bridges landing or what you see happening to his game next year? Hmm. I think between those teams, I like him in Indiana or Charlotte better than the other team. What was the other team we said? Pistons. Detroit? Yeah, because Marvin Bagley just kind of makes that a little bit weird. But mm-hmm. I love Miles Bridges. I think that, you know, he this he's a young buck. He kind of I thought that he he should have been more strongly considered for MIP this past season. I mean, how do you not like this? 20.2 points, seven rebounds, 3.8 dimes, uh, 0.9 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.9 triples. He's doing everything. And he played in 80 games, by the way. Uh, I think that it could be interesting. I don't know, because in Indiana, Indiana kind of seems like a place where he could be a first option. And that would be fun. That would be fun to see. Detroit, yeah, there's room there. Or or just stay in Charlotte. I like him. I guess that's my 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 answer is I like him, and I'm going to be targeting him for sure. He's a player that I want on my teams. I think the Pacers would be such a great fit because, you know, T.J. Warren is kind of, you know, speaking of players we haven't seen play in forever, yeah. he's just kind of – milling about there. O'Shea Brissett, you know, solid player, but not nothing, nothing incredible. So, so they, the Pacers really have a hole that Miles Bridges would fill. And, and I tell you what, if you ran Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Miles Bridges and Miles Turner out there together with or without Malcolm Brogdon, that's, that's pretty fun. That is fun. That would be a high-tempo basketball. I like that, that idea. That would be good. And then this whole Marvin Bagley thing, how is he impacting other players' lives in the NBA at this, this stage <laughs> of the game? Like, like oh, we, we have Miles Bridges, but we're going to hold him back because we have this Marvin Bagley who we took ahead of Luka Doncic and, and Trey <laughs> Young, so we got to play him. Like, I, it just doesn't make any – it just doesn't make any sense to me that you that you're gonna let Marvin Bagley disrupt what you're trying to do. But 
he's been doing it his whole career, right? <laughs> and by the way, TJ Warren's a free agent, so we're gonna see him try to try to find some money. I'm assuming it'll be a like a show me deal. But that's another player who, man, I don't even know where he could really wind up where I'd be too excited, despite his talent. He's just never on the court. Yeah, I don't think I would draft TJ Warren under any circumstances at this point. He had that one great run right before he got hurt where he was, you know, scoring, it seemed like scoring 30 a night and playing really well. And then it was, then it was gone. And I'm, I don't think it's ever, ever coming back. So, all right. Well, Jared, you got anything else, uh, anything you need to say, anything you want to talk about? You good? Um, no, I think that'll do it. All right. Well, uh, I'll be back again on Wednesday hosting. It'll be Noah. Who is joining me in that show? I I, I knew. I think it's one... Noah and Jonas. Yeah, Noah so. and Jonas. Thank you. Thank you. For or Brad. <laughs> Sorry. It is. <laughs> it's Brad, Brad and Noah. It okay, is Brad and Noah. <laughs> you know, some of those other guys we work with. I have it written down somewhere. <laughs> I just didn't. I just didn't bring it. So yeah, Brad and Noah and I will be here on Wednesday. Jared, thanks for hanging out today. And thank you all for listening. And um, enjoy the offseason. We got free agency starting on Friday. That's going to be a frenzy. Till then, yeah. we'll see you all later. Adios. Bye-bye. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.